Red State DVD and Blu-ray pre-orders are available now at coopersdell.com. Get exclusive bundle packages featuring posters, soundtracks, t-shirts, signed scripts, wardrobe used in the film, and a chance to be a guest on air with Kevin Smith via Skype. Pre-order Red State DVD and Blu-ray exclusive bundles now at coopersdell.com. Smirch alert, smirch alert, motherfucker, smirch alert. Go to smodcast.com slash smerchandise to get your official Jay and Silent Bob iPhone 4 cases from Casemate. Choose from three different snoogerific designs. We got soft ones and hard ones. Hey, I'm talking about the cases, bitch. All emblazoned with your favorite Smodco icons, Jay and Silent Bob. Snag your iPhone 4 case for $39.99 and protect the precious smodcast.com slash smerchandise yo Canada Jay and Silent Bob are gonna be royally mounting you December 7th in Vancouver December 8th Edmonton December 9th Calgary December 10th Saskatoon and December 11th Winnipeg their comedic maple syrup's gonna be gushing all over your timbits. How's that for a visual, eh? Jay and Silent Bob get old. Live in the Great White North. Linky links to tickets at smodcast.com slash get old in Canada. Hey, Eldborg, Iceland. On November 11th, Kevin Smith will be inside you. Kev is bringing his famous Q&A to Eldborg Main Hall, talking movies, comics, sex, taking a shit, whatever you want to ask about. Hilarity will ensue. Kevin Smith, live at the Eldborg Main Hall in Eldborg, Iceland, on November 11th. Links to tickets for this and all Smodco shows at csmod.com. Yo, Philly, guess who's coming to the city of brotherly love? Hollywood motherfucking Babylon, bitch. Come get your celebrity news, rumors, and Liam Neeson's cock jokes at the World Cafe Live with Kevin and Ralph on Monday, October 17th. Top that steak sandwich with cheese whiz, showbiz, and comedy jizz. Mmm, tasty. Catch Hollywood Babylon at the World Cafe Live in Philadelphia on October 17th. Tickets for this and all Smodco shows at csmod.com. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir love with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The Garmy. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodcast.com. Scroll down and click on Smerchandise. Catch live video clips of Jay and Silent Bob Get Old and Hollywood Babylon on the Kevin Smith blog for the Huffington Post. Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. That's Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. Want early access to tickets for Smodcast Internet Radio's metric fuckton of live shows? Join Smodcast for just $4.99 a month 
you'll get CD quality audio of every podcast you hear on Sir ad free. It's like watching porn without having to fast forward through that goddamn plot. You'll also get bonus video content and other badass exclusives. Smodcast, where Smodcast goes save for pay. All the deets at Smodcast.com. Going to New York Comic Con in October? Well, Jay and Silent Bob are giving you one more reason to fangasm. Uh, you might want to clean that up. Friday, October 14th at the IGN Theater. Catch a live performance of the popular podcast, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. Dust off that Batman costume that's three sizes too small. Or, fuck it, don't wear a costume. Just wear some type of clothing, because, you know, you don't want to get arrested. And get ready to enjoy a thick layer of gooey comedy jizz with Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes. Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, live in New York. October 14th at the IGN Theater. Tickets on sale now. For more info, go to csmod.com. Hey, what's up? My name is Jack Morrissey. And uh, and I'm Greg Yolen. And welcome to our first podcast, which we think will maybe be called Team Jack. Team Jack after Jack after you. Or maybe Teen Jack. That would get us a lot of Starring Tyler Posey. (laughs) Um, This is episode one. Not another origin story. Or the fandom menace. Uh, We just thought that... We thought the idea with this one would be to um, get the basics out of the way. In case this thing actually goes somewhere. And... uh, Yeah, we want to tell you all about us... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a few other things, but mostly. Something to refer back to if this thing goes on for any length of time and people wonder exactly who the fuck we are because I'm hoping not to talk about any of that stuff even next week. If a future civilization finds this podcast, at least they will know. At least they will, dot, know. Dot, dot, dot. Exactly. They will, have, they will have this as a reference point for all the other podcasts. We're being uh, recorded and mixed by Matt Cohen from Bagged and Boarded on the network. Um, Jack, why don't you start by <laughs> by telling telling me telling me for the first time as as your friend, really, as if we were on a first date. Well, but you know, I've known you for a while now, but I still don't know a lot about you. Like, wh- like Favorite what the color. what the hell? <laughs> like what the hell happened to you, man? Um, the re- well, the reason I th- <laughs> choke. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm 44 years old. Uh, I'm a homosexual male. Greg is not. I feel compelled for some reason to point out you quickly. You always do. Every every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, we're recording this live from my living room in the Hollywood Hills overlooking, uh, Grauman's famous Chinese theater, Hollywood and Highland. A panoramic view of a very smoky city. Today, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I was born in suburban New Jersey, like Kevin uh, Smith, and uh, an army brat. My dad went active duty in the mid-70s and moved around every three or four years as a kid. Lived in, um, well, for, any, for people listening in New Jersey, everyone likes to be specific about what little what exit. village you're from in the Shire. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was born in Livingston, birthplace of Todd Salons. And then I lived for uh, eight years or so in Faison Lakes, Kinelon. Then my dad went active duty. We moved to Upper State New York. We were stationed at Fort Drum. Uh, near the Canadian border, the Th- Thousand Islands, after which, yes, the salad dressing was named. Uh, really? Then a year at the Army War College in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Um, and uh, then f- most of my high school years in Virginia on the Chesapeake Bay, uh, where I attended Peninsula Catholic High School, the license plate frame for which I still have on my car. Uh, a rotting Catholic high school in the um, shipyard town. Did you say a rotting? Uh, rotting. Yeah, R-O-T-T. Rotting Catholic school. Rotting Catholic high school in the shipyard town of Newport News. Um, and then we moved to uh, suburban St. Louis uh, for my senior year of high school where I got my first couple of jobs uh, at movie theaters, one of them a 5,000-seat movie palace called the Fox Theater, and then I started ripping tickets at a multiplex during right near the end of the Golden Age. Um, which would be? Which would be 1985. Um, and then moved, to, moved back to New Jersey, uh, lived in North Nork. I know this is all the boring boilerplate shit. Um, Worked at a mafia country club, which maybe I should or should not say, but it's probably better. Why don't we come? Why don't we come back to that? (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, Worked at a worked at worked at a country club called the Forest Hill Field Club in Bloomfield, New Jersey. I have no idea what it's like now, but when I worked when I worked there from ninety to ninety four, there was definitely. There was definitely, I would say, a definite Sopranos presence before the Sopranos ever came into existence. Mm-hmm. Um, hilariously, obviously then I move out here, and many, many years later, I start to hear about this HBO series called The Sopranos. Are you watching it? It's the greatest thing ever. Um, no, I really had no interest in it. But as soon as I watched 10 minutes of it, I was like, oh my God, they got it so right. And... I think two or three seasons in, they actually started filming episodes at that country club. <laughs> I believe it. Um, which I'm sure certain of the members, most of whom now are probably all deceased. Um, so that's why you're saying natural say causes. Smodcast. Yeah, uh, we're probably thrilled by because it, it, that show did do such a great job of sort of catru- capturing the the um, texture and culture of that part of New Jersey. So, um, I, so anyway, I lived in North Newark and worked at that country club as a waiter for four years. And then I moved out to Los Angeles with 50 bucks in my pocket. Um, and, uh, started waiting table at 
tables again at Houston's restaurant in Manhattan Beach, and that catches us sort of catches us up to the and you're still there before today. the interesting <laughs> stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I have a sense in my head this is not going well, but whatever. Who cares? It's going hard. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. It seems boring. Um, 14 years ago, through one of my oldest best friends, Adam Cook, I met Bill Condon, uh, who was fresh from Candyman, Farewell to the Flesh, which he directed but did not write. <laughs> and um, he and I were best friends for a year hanging out on the weekends, going to movies together, bumming around downtown L.A. together uh, before we started dating, uh, which was which will be 15 years next June on the eve of the start of production of uh, what was called at the time Father of Frankenstein and what, what was later retitled Gods and Monsters. And uh, we've been together ever since which is why I live in this uh, lovely house and uh, through whom I also met Greg Yolen. Sort of. Well, that's actually not true. That's completely no, untrue. We, we met you th- well, we met through an agent on... Through an agent, yeah. Yeah. As, as everyone in Hollywood is introduced, we were introduced by an agent. Yeah. And I owe him 10% of our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that cough is nothing. It's not contagion. You've been saying that. You've been saying that every time you've coughed today. I've noticed this. It's nothing. I think it did, didn't it? I haven't seen it. You never saw it, right? You did see it, and you don't think it did well. I didn't. I didn't see it, but I'm. That's because I'm deathly afraid of catching a deadly disease. So I would never see a movie with that as the... If that were true, you'd never go into a movie theater. And that's why I touch my face all It's a the cauldron time. of bacteria. Exactly. Um, so Greg Yolen, contagion. origin story. Let's contagion. turn the creaky old spotlight from me onto yourself. This is not about me, Jack. <laughs> it is this about This podcast you. is You're not my me. shrink. Um... <laughs> I wish to God I was your shrink. <laughs> if only, <laughs> if only you'd let me be your shrink. No, I met Jack. Uh, I I've lived in LA for six years. Uh, I'm I'll be thirty this year, uh, or in in 2012, if we get that far. Yeah, I think we will. Well, maybe and maybe not. As long as we get as long as we get through the release of Twilight Saga: Breaking Dawn Part Two. As long as that film is released into the world. The, that world can then cease to exist. The day after release, the you, day after we will all hear the breaking of the seal, <laughs> of the first seal. And truly, I will welcome apocalypse <laughs> at that point. <laughs> as long as long as Twilight is safely with the fans. Um, yeah, no, uh, I've been living here for six six years. And I met Jack uh, from back in my, you know, indentured servitude days at the William Morris Agency. Now, now William Morris Endeavor. WME. Um, I for an for, agent, Craig, I, who we'll refer to by his first name. Yes. I've already Craig, referred to him when I, when I was on Smith's show. And I, my sense is that he will be a recurring character. Will probably well, never come on the show. Well, then I'll just have to imitate him. 
or all imitate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I think there are a lot of people now who have their own takes on Craig. Uh, Craig's distinct Long Island. Yeah, he's a very he's he's a very unique uh, voice. Voice. Um, and yeah, and I met Jack speaking to uh, him on the phone from Craig's office with an earpiece in my ear. Um, Where he was the latest in a long, long line of assistants. Yes, and when I showed up, uh, Craig, you know, my name is Greg. I've never gone by Gregory, but he wouldn't, he made sure that everyone referred to me as Gregory. (laughs) And uh, it was always like, you know, no, 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 my name is Craig. You call him Gregory. He's not Greg. Don't call him that. <laughs> um, but he yeah. wanted a fifty cent. He wanted a fifty cent um, assistant, not a not a not a twenty five cent assistant. Right? Yeah, he wanted the the two shillings. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I was. Then the joke was that uh, I was told that I looked like all the other assistants in this long line of them. That we all like he hired he he'd hire guys who all looked alike. And that I was, I was literally like a carbon copy of someone who had held my job six months before, and someone who looks just like me will hold it when I'm dead. <laughs> you know, they all go back. It all goes back to the same archetype, which is Jimmy Neutron, right? Mm-hmm. Jimmy Neutron, boy genius. <laughs> I've I've been told that I bear a striking resemblance to him, in spite of the fact that I have stubble. I have it. Okay, you can see it. I'm not. I'm clearly not a boy genius. No, but you you also do have the flip at the front of your hair, not unlike Bob's big boy. Yeah, I have I have a, a spike of hair. Exactly, of which um, I'm deeply envious. Here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but Jack and I have uh, we've bonded mainly over movies. Yeah, um, because that's and our common taste in movies, which is to love. say, excellent, excellent taste. Yes, we have terrific taste. Yeah, and and all of you people out there listening, you're just so lucky. <laughs> 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 you're just so goddamn lucky to listen. I to did our, notice early on though, like tastes. when I would talk with you, because you know when you'd call in to talk to this agent, whether he was unavailable or he's on another call or whatever, you you'd end up talking with. The, the assistant uh, for three or four minutes and Greg and I would quickly quickly get into movies and one thing that um, one thing that I noticed really quickly was not only that we liked and disliked the same things but we liked and disliked this we liked and disliked the same movies for the same reasons mm-hmm. our criticisms were ultimately almost always the exact same criticisms which might make for a dull show if it's the two of us basically I just, singing I just in unison. I had that same thought. I think that's. I think it, this is doomed. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the conflict? Two guys with the same thoughts. Conflict is drama. Ta- talk and, drama and agree with each other all the time. I know. Um, and so uh, we just we developed our own friendship quite independently of this agent, and uh, continued it. Choke, and, and we're still and we're still working at Houston's to this day. Exactly. Actually, the Houston's that I so I started at the one in Manhattan Beach and then transferred to the one in Century City, which just last night closed its doors oh, that was after it. twenty years at at the uh, what used to be Century City Shopping Center is now right. Westfield Shopping Town Century City. 
I always planned on getting spinach dip there one day. You can still get it at the Manhattan Beach location. Um, <laughs> no one knows. It's just north of Torrance where Another, Quentin curious. Tarantino had his job at uh, Video Archive or Video Journey with Roger Avery. Like literally five minutes down PCH. Is that is that or was that old video store which is now a bagel store? This is exactly the kind of stuff that you can expect to learn if you uh, tune in every what, week. What video stores are now bagel stores? The QT <laughs> and do we call them RA or don't we? Roger Avery? Yeah. Yeah, let's call them RA. Okay. Like the a re- QT a and RA used to, used to uh, man the counter at. Anyway, um, or you could get that spinach and artichoke dip at Houston's Pasadena. Maybe you're more likely to go out to Pasadena. I don't know. Or, or take a pass at Pasadena. <laughs> take a pass on going to Pasadena. Craig, take us back to the beginning, which would be in Connecticut. I'm from Connecticut. I'm Say from it, it loud. I'm from it. You're I'm from, of it. I'm from there. You are so very of it. I am from there. You're so very ice storm. That's true. Um, you're so very key party. It, I would have key parties I had key parties constantly when I was a kid. That's, all the time. We all did it. You and Christina Ricci. It was me, Ricci. Together again. Elijah Wood. Uh, the, that other the kid. Cre- the creepy kid. The creepy young, young <laughs> brother. <laughs> but we would, we had key parties. If we were a real, if we were a real, uh, podcast on the network, we'd have somebody sitting off to the side, literally manning a laptop and pulling up the name of that. Creepy kid from my storm, but instead now Jack's chucking just on the it computer. into the Twitter feed. Uh, uh, I will do it while you keep, if you keep. Well, I uh, I grew up in New Haven, Connecticut. That's where I'm from originally, and I moved out to L.A. Uh, well, like I said, six years ago, and uh, and I love movies, and that's why I'm here. In fact, that's the only reason that I'm here. No, come it's, on, it's not because L.A. is such a great, great city. It's okay. It Don't get me wrong. It's a great city. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, really? Yeah, yeah. It's a great city. You don't think so? It's like, I don't know that you can say that L.A. is a great city like a real great city is a great city. I think that L.A. is a great something. It's a great big blob of people, and it absolutely functions, um, except for some striking details like the fact that we're now basically sitting under a cloud of our own shit smoke, which is a bad thing for a city, right? What, in Los Angeles? In Los Angeles, yeah. I don't think so. It's a bad thing, it's a bad thing for humans. Uh, but more than that, it's like, you know, like, it's not, it's not New York. It's, it's not a real city. It's like it's a- It's not New York. It's not London. It's which a Greg and I both recently have the privilege of traveling to for our uh, very first time. Our anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, here's the thing, dude. Uh, lest, lest the um, 11 listeners get the wrong impression, I think the air pollution thing in Los Angeles, it's, it's honestly, and I feel sorry about it, it's only really east of downtown or in the valley. But what we're looking at here is marine layer, dude. That's pushed in from the Pacific. There's not enough cars. There's not enough cars in Santa Monica to throw well, up enough exhaust. You're right. That it gets, it does get brown over there. 
in a way that it isn't there. But yeah. Well, even so, the I moral of the story, kids, distracted. is live west of downtown <laughs> if you can. And uh, again, if you're concerned about air quality, the valley is not the best idea either. But Southern California is the best idea. Anyway. Um, um, but yeah, but come on, compare London to Los Angeles. That was my only point. It's like, that's a great city. And yeah, LA I mean, like, London is that. a great city in the conventional definition of city, as is New York City. Yeah. Los Angeles is something completely different. It's a different. great blob. It's a fantastic blob. I already dined out uh, on my one appearance on Smith's morning show with Jen. Um, I already dined out on the fact that Ian McKellen stays here with us. So uh, I'll dip right back into that and just say <laughs> that I had him in the car once and we were coming up Mulholland from, I think, Burbank. And he was immediately, he was uh, struck again by the fact that Mulholland, so much of Mulholland is so wild and you are not unlikely to have to break for a deer crossing the road or a coyote. Um, and we started talking about that and the fact that it's, you're, you know, again, three, three minutes away from the most famous movie theater in the world, Grauman's Chinese. And yet it is so wild. And I said, uh, to Ian, who at that point was, let's just say he'd been around the world a few times. What other okay. city that you'd ever, what other city have you ever visited in or, you know, toured with a show in or lived in that has, um, the same blend of sort of urban and, uh, w wilderness. And he said, uh, wilderness is overstating it, but he said, uh, only Cape Town in South Africa hmm. has the same blend. I think Los Angeles is really its own thing. Um, Bill, who's lived here since 1977, someone else do the math, said, uh, one of his takes on the city is that, um, Unlike Manhattan, everything everything in Los Angeles is um, everything in Los Angeles is behind, sort of over a hedge wall or behind a studio gate or on the other side of a door. A lot of the great things about Los Angeles are sort of private things or things that you need right. to find out about or be told about versus say uh, Manhattan, where a lot of the particular pleasures of that city are more public. Completely, but who knows? But that's that's a big, big difference. Yeah, and I and I guess. Uh, but would you rather live in New York City or L.A.? Well, I, honest, I mean, honestly, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't lived in New York for any length of time. Matt's Matt's wincing. Here's my, my personal take on the matter. Uh, I lived in Manhattan for four years. I'm from New York. I, I do love LA. Like people, most people assume I hate it like everyone else does, but I, I genuinely love the city for that reason we're talking about is, um, is the wilderness thing. Though yeah, you have yeah. to seek That's it out. That's a good point. There's a waterfall 20 minutes away on PCH that I hike to. I mean, there's the, the Santa Monica, there's literally, uh, Franklin Canyon or whatever is a minute off of Sunset Boulevard and there's a lake and there's de I've seen deer and shit. Like in Manhattan, you don't have that option. You can't go to Point Doom for, for the sunrise. Well, if that is, if that's priority for you, if that's shit matters, then, then absolutely LA is better. Me, I want to, I want to cut all those fucking trees down. I want to cut them all down. Waterfalls, lakes, and sunrises are not a priority. Not at all. Not at all. 
What is it? Well, what are your priorities? What do you want from your city? Oh well, now what, oh, what, from my from Greg, my what city? would you like from your city? Just, what can your city offer you, just Greg? A, just a hug. <laughs> Please, <laughs> L- love me, love me. Uh, no, listen, LA, LA has definitely gotten better and better, and you're absolutely right that it like it doesn't open itself up. You have to seek out the the things. Uh, that become important to you. Seek and out the things. Seek out those things. Seek out those things. And, or those things and may the, seek and you And there are out. certainly places in LA that I do love. Um, but I don't know. There's just, there was just something. And, and yeah, as Jack said, we recently went to, uh, London. It was my first, it was your first time in, in Europe. Definitely. Right? Yeah. yeah and I, res- mine too. I resisted. And it was, London it was for a the different, years it was a different that. sort of feeling and a feeling that I, as, I mean, Matt, maybe you understand. It's like, it's like New York. New York is like, it's like a, yeah. an old, there's something old London about London and New it. York are definitely. They're similar. Siblings. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Where Los Angeles has very, very little relationship physically to either one of them. Other than uh, one of my friends over in London did remark that a lot of what London is about is also sprawl. Which is not dissimilar, yeah. I guess, but that's also true of New York City is all sprawl too. So, well, London, yeah, London is huge. I mean, they're all fucking huge. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, culturally, LA has a a completely different and, for lack of a better term, like squishier sensibility to it. Squishy. Yeah. What's the better term? I'm curious. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. Squishier feels right to me. It's just. It's L.A. Just, is the, is the squishy is capital the squishy, of North the America. The squishiest, the squishiest city in the world. Yeah, I try think and that, say that another way. <laughs> I think just that, try that we we have a great tolerance for uh, superficial bullshit. Mm-hmm. In Southern California, like the, the way in which all the advertisements are geared towards us is, is, you know, lurid and sexy and it's all entertainment. It's, you know, all these in more than in any other city, I think. But, but entertainment is what the city produces. Exactly. And that, so and that is the whole. I, sus- I suppose if you go to Detroit, you'll see an awful lot of what we call outdoor, which is to say billboards, bus shelter posters. You would, in Detroit, you would see those all for cars. The newest cars. Yeah. Out here, it's all the newest movies and TV shows. Which is squishier than cars. Yes. <laughs> cars are a real that. product, right? What, what, are, what does LA sell? LA sells images, and, yeah. and that makes us sort yeah. of forgiving in a, in a weird yeah. uh, way. But it's also a, a fun, fun place if you're tied into that, which I think you are greatly. Well, I think you are, too. Well, thank you. <laughs> and I think you are, too, Matt. I think we're all. I think we're all just so tied in, t- really, t- um, and that's why lucky you, listeners. Here's one thing I'll say though the the one, um, f- just for me personally, the one negative that I had, uh, or th- the feeling that I sort of came to after those two weeks in London, not dissimilar from um, a feeling that I came to after four years spent in North New Jersey where I was going in and out of the city, uh, New York City on path trains and New Jersey transit trains like four and five nights a week. 
The thing about New York City and London that Los Angeles does not have is that both those cities are so old and also, of course, in a way, so vertical. Um, it makes you feel insignificant. There's so much history around you in every brick and stone um, that you sort of can't help but... but um, try to figure out where your opening is to impact something that seems so solid in a way it's like yep. you're at the base of a of a of one of those pyramids it's a monument yeah and you can't what's monumental. that have to do with you you're just passing through los angeles is you know how can i impact that strip mall well let me tell you i can open that nail salon <laughs> and I can make a difference yeah, that's right. in how Angelinos get their nails done or something. But I mean, you, you feel like you can make a contribution in terms of Los Angeles a little bit in, in a way that New York and London sort of both defy you to get a fingerprint on their rock. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. And I find that depressing. For the you find record. it depressing about I LA. Do find, I, no, I find that depressing about London and oh, New York. Yeah. That um, it sort of reminds you of how insignificant you are, and it reminds you that yeah, we've been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, and you won't be. You're right. passing this through. This building is is many, 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 many times older than you. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I I think that's a really good uh, assessment of it i mean i think that you know that you mentioned new york new york and london being more vertical than la and certainly like looking out it, this is not a vertical city but except the, for downtown well right i mean but um, even that, that that looks like hartford connecticut or something like that you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's not, yeah it's Kansas not that city. it's not yeah. that fucking great um but the the verticality of it is is a depth you know and it's like in this city everything is so cheap and cheaply made yeah. That as you said, I mean, it's a strip mall. What are you going to do? You're going to tear it down and like put up another, build another strip, mall. strip mall. Yeah. Um, but but at the same time, lot. there is this sort of tameability about this. Is that a word? You can you can tame LA to make you it can what make you it want your it own. You can have your own experience of Los Angeles exactly in a way that London and New York right. City. You're just a tenant, a, a yeah. tenant in those cities. Like yeah. you get a you get a little box in New York, you get a little box in in London, yeah. and you live in that city. But LA, you can yeah. Which is the appeal of it, and it, and it is, but it's also that's also very, I think, it's self centered, and and that is a big part of LA too. Yeah, totally. Snapping back in, and on our way back to Connecticut, um, let's I do not this, go back to Connecticut. No, I do this a lot in life, so it's it's uh, it's only right that some part of the show should have this. But uh, at the IMDb, uh -huh. the youngest, creepiest child. In the Carver family, in Ang Lee's brilliant movie, The Ice Storm, uh, was Adam Han Bird. Adam Han Bird? Adam Han, H-A-N-N hyphen Bird, B-Y-R-D, who interestingly, you may remember as Little Man Tate. Yes. For Jodie Foster. Wait a minute. I know someone who, who was his... Him. I was his roommate. Maybe we could get him on the show. We could get Little Man Tate on the show. I bet we could. We could get Adam Hanbird on the show. That is then going he was, to be my mission. He was mission, one of the though. kids in Jumanji. Right. He was he in the was. remake of Diabolique. He was in the Ice Storm. He was who in could Halloween H2O. 
Uh, and then he's been in not much since then, which makes me think he probably went to university and got a real life. Congratulations. Although he does, um, he does have what looks like a fairly recent head, clearly headshot. I think he's he's trying to make a go of it and we should have him on and let him tell us what it was like to be discovered by and directed by Jodie Foster. Yeah. Little man Tate. What was it like being little man Tate? Exactly. I'd be more interested in the ice storm. Um, that's a good point. Okay. Exactly. (laughs) Tell us about Jumanji, Adam. Greg Yolen. Um, no, the, uh, did I just doubt your last name? Do you remember the scene in, I think I'd done it before too. Okay. Um, in the ice storm when, uh, he's like, isn't he playing the tuba or something? And he's looking into Christina Ricci's butt crack. Do you remember that? Vaguely. He's in band class and he's like, I don't know. I was Yes. I completely remember that moment. Yeah. For some reason, that is my biggest memory of that movie. That's really that, that's it. I swear to God, I, I really Elijah Woods, I love that movie. But you know, it's like the first the thing I think road. of every time is the kid with the tuba and the. Butt. How many times did you see that movie? Three, I think. Two. That's a great two movie. Two or three. It's that really, is a great it's a really, really movie. movie. Yeah. Um, it might be time to watch that movie again. Well, On the new Criterion edition. That's a good. That's a good point. Works. Um, so anyway. You grew up in Connecticut in the suburbs. It's all suburb. No. It's all suburbs, right? Well, Connecticut is kind of a suburb of New York. Of a suburb, <laughs> right? But it's no. I mean, I grew up in New Haven, which is not a suburb. It's a city. It's a city, Jack. Pardon me. One of the biggest cities in the world, which is <laughs> New Haven, which is, is where Crystal Skull was shot, or not? Yes. Well, and that uh, that'd be Indiana Jones and the Adventures of the Crystal Skull. Well, I don't think that's kill self. That's not the title. That's not, I don't even know. But what anyway, the, the event. No, the event. It was shot in New Haven, wasn't it? It was shot in New Haven, and and the kingdom. Yeah, it was of the, the kingdom skull. of the crystal skull. Right. Uh, no, thank you. I Indiana Jones is like my favorite uh, character in any film series ever, and it's a, is that it, true? Absolutely, yeah. Really, I, I love those movies uh, the most. They're just you know my most sentimental like favorite. Which films. is your favorite? Uh, the third one is my favorite. Last Crusade. The Last Crusade, yeah. Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade is the movie that when I was seven, and many people have these stories, but that was the movie that when I was seven was like, that's it. That's the best thing that could exist. I got to really? go do that. Absolutely. I so, love that. So I, that, was, that was the inspiration for... Did you uh, see it in 70 millimeter? Back when they struck 70 prints? I saw it in North Haven. What's that have to do with whether or not it was in 35 or 70? I don't know whether I saw it in 35 or can't remember. I was seven. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went to see the you movie. You were seven or 70? It was great. Millimeter. <laughs> I was seven How millimeters. How tall were you? Um, 70 millimeters. I sat in my father's pocket. He took me to see it. <laughs> he paid for one ticket and told me to get down. And then he sat down and I popped my head out. One ticket, that's all. Um, like Stuart Little. One adult, one adult for Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. <laughs> Thank you very much. Keep quiet, um, son. Keep quiet. So I love those movies so much. And then the, uh, the fourth one, the Skull one, was, uh, it was announced that they were shooting it in my, in my hometown. At this point, I had literally just moved out of New Haven. Like, I just moved to LA. And I was like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. Of the course. Worst like, as the world. soon as I leave, you're filming Indiana Jones in my the backyard. The circus comes to town. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so they took, uh, the downtown area a few streets and 
uh, you know, set dressed them to match the fifties. Right. And the sequence in the movie, which is the motorcycle chase through, uh, through Yale university is, right. is actually, I think the best part of the movie. Interesting. And I don't think that's from a, like just, Oh, isn't it new? Cool. It's new Haven. I think it's the coolest sequence in the film, which is not saying much. I mean, it's a shitty, shitty movie. I'm he went so, there. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it hurt me personally. Can't you see why it hurt me on a particularly personal level? It's not. It's not simply that uh, that I'm just a fan of the franchise, but to have have the circus come to town and then the you know the elephant die on your front lawn is. <laughs> and then the circus leaves, and there's and a whole the circus, lot of elephant poop. Yeah, there's a dead elephant on your lawn, street. and the circus is gone. <laughs> um, would this be a good moment for you to mention the Spiel blog? Well, sure, yeah, sure. I have I have a spiel blog. I have a doesn't blog. everyone? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we all have our our spiel blogs. But I actually have a spiel blog. I write How about a, the URL? A, movie, a movie blog called Steven Spiel Blog, and that's uh and it's where I it's where I write all my opinions about. It. Have you been there? It's hilarious. It's a, it is it, hilarious. It's all of my opinions about Steven Spielberg, and I would say 75% of my opinions in general are about Steven Spielberg. So <laughs> in some way. I, I love I love him uh, and his work a lot. I, I'm passionate, I think, about uh, that you know era of films, not only because of their personal connection, but I just love kind of what they what they do and what they attempt. And uh, and Jack and I have bonded over that certainly because I think we're both. That's actually reading reading Greg's writing at the Spiel blog is was sort of the first thing that that uh, got me thinking that he'd be perfect for uh, as a sort of podcasting partner. And well, I'm happy to be here for podcasting. again for the for six of the eleven listeners who are interested. The specific address is Stephen. Which is always spelled with a V, kids. Always. V for victory. Steven Spielblog. Spelled like Spielblog. I-E-L blog <laughs> dot wordpress dot com. It's actually, you can also just go to stevenspielblog.com. Oh, is that so? Yep. Um, Here's a few titles. Here are a few recent reviews. Moneyball. A razzmatazz, knock your socks off baseball picture. That's easily the worst headline I've ever written. <laughs> Drive. Baby goose, grown up fun. I totally don't get that. A gosling. Were you baked when you wrote that a title? A gosling, a baby goose. Baby goose, grown up fun. <laughs> okay. I'm not the only one who calls him baby goose. That cough is nothing. <laughs> Captain America versus Harry yeah, Potter. Whose cuisine will reign worst. supreme? <laughs> worst titles you're reading. <laughs> Transformers 3 hates you back. Okay, stop it. Oh, and I finally saw Bridesmaids. Yes, that that is true. Spiel blogging for beginners, which is actually a review of beginners. How about, how about this one? The Tree of Life. Okay, I should have seen Bridesmaids. <laughs> or The King's Speech. Stop. Stammer time. <laughs> These are great. Well, they really are. Uh, that's something I enjoy doing is talking. How long has the Spiel blog been in existence? Oh, a couple of years. The first, well, the, the thing that inspired me to even start it was, uh, seeing Glorious Bastards, um, and just thinking about that movie and wanting to write something down because I was so taken by it and thought it was so unique and I hadn't seen anything like it, uh, that attempted to do what it did. Right. And so I just sort of wanted to, 
get my thoughts on paper. And once I did, uh, why did how did it was how does getting your I, thoughts on paper lead you to wanting other people to read those thoughts in a very public way? Uh, in a well. To suggest that my blog is very public, I think, is is not. I think there are seven people oh, who it, read it. Oh, it is now, friend. Oh, God. It is now. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have to defend my opinions. <laughs> my shallow, shallow opinions. Um, no, I don't know. I, I actually don't remember what it, what it was that caused I think I'd just kind of been wanting to keep a blog for a while, and I right. hadn't figured out anything to write about because generally, you know, just talking about you know what i baked today and right. uh my pictures from the the park you know that shit right I, so I, I read about what i like which is movies right all movies all movies all the time i like all movies um so back to new haven no we don't have to go back to new haven how many times do i well we're back at last crusade well we are at the last, the, still still at which the last is crusade. the seminal film of your childhood without question um, what are some others well that was that was certainly right at the top you know I, I liked of course the classic lucas spielberg's uh star wars uh, but more than, more than star wars i think uh i mean it's really spielberg it's really spielberg's the game right it's close encounters right um and the the C- mystery okay. of those movies like the the real the uh, cosmic mysteries and family stories tied together with amazing special effects. Like, all of that is just for me. Um, so that was, those were big. I also loved, uh, I think you and I share a love of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, love is a strong word, but yeah. strong, very, very strong affection oh. on my part. Do you, do you like a that movie? flawed movie. No. You don't like that movie. No. I love that movie. I think it's a, like, maybe I should Hang on, the mic's going over to Matt. Uh, I didn't. I saw that movie on a wreck. I was at Borders or something, and I saw it on Blu-ray. I sight unseen, and I called my girlfriend. I was like, "Is this any good?" She was like, "Yeah, buy it." So I, I have never seen. It's just fucking <laughs> superimposed Keanu Reeves on a green yeah, screen and like no. spiders crawling. And Gary Oldman is. I appreciate the intent of not going like Christopher Lee fucking Bela Lugosi and trying to make him like actually Transylvanian, but it just leads to the weirdest delivery he's like um look at them the children of what sweet music they make like he talks very <laughs> that's weird. actually really accurate yeah it's, I've, I've done that what sweet music they make he does this weird european i thing. love it i love and the it. hair and the fucking very coppola i don't know it's so good that is yeah. one of the greatest performances uh, i don't know i i fucking love that movie i do and it's so, uh, I think the effects, I think the, the effects on that. it are fantastic. Like, I, I love the whole, the whole fact that that movie is like a, a zoetrope itself. Like, he uses all of these. Completely. Uh, these images. Actually, I don't think there's any green screen in that movie. I no, think it was no. all really done in a very, absolutely, yes, rear it's projection. All, it's all, all, a the, ton all the tricks of were the incredibly sort of good rear projection. And practical Classical effects. Classical tricks. And I love that shit. Yeah. Which is why I also love the, you know, those, you know, uh, Raiders, I mean, and, uh, and Poltergeist and the thing. And I love, I love practical special effects and I love films that really but, blow But it your should mind be noted raising. that Raiders, Poltergeist and the thing were all using effects that were state of the art at the time. Well, yes, yeah. Uh, whereas Bram Stoker's Dracula was a conscious attempt on Coppola's part who 
uh, I've not listened to the commentary on that. I haven't on that Blu-ray, but I I, Coppola that. more or less sort of puts a little distance between himself and that movie, doesn't he? He's that movie hasn't fared so well, well in like his rearview mirror, has it? looks at it as well i don't think it fared too well you with you know what i mean it hasn't aged and i think he admits to that on that commentary a bit. Right. right that's interesting well i think there are several decisions that were made in that movie casting decisions primarily yeah. Yeah. that were that really yeah have not aged well and so the, the thing, but could he know, have gotten the movie made exactly and columbia and if you love a movie, at you that time forgive without that, those that shit. And I think that Keanu Reeves is obviously that it's not his finest performance. It's probably one of the worst British accents ever attempted. Yeah. Ever. He probably agrees. And he, with that. I think he probably agrees with that. And yeah. uh, and we'll it's get like, him on well, the show. That's the movie. That's the movie. Yeah. Love it or love it or leave it. I fucking love it. Yeah. Uh, and I loved I I loved vampires as a kid when I was three and, uh, years old. My the first drawings I did in preschool, uh, which I'm sure my parents still have somewhere, were of. Uh, little like vampires with dripping blood, and uh, that's so funny because when I was probably four or five years old, I was likewise obsessed with vampires, mm-hmm. which I think, uh, if memory serves, I don't know that I had a favorite between Chris Lee and Bailey Lugosi. Probably Chris Lee was a was a was a slight favorite of mine, but I also drew nothing but vampires as a kid. No shit. And my uncle drew. Um, it was a really important figure in my childhood and encouraged me to do a lot of drawing, saved a lot of, uh, at least one, one long movie style thing that was basically a, a very, very long, probably eight feet of, uh, paper wound horizontally between two spools that had a, a whole sort of long Dracula movie on it that cool. I'd drawn. And how funny is it now? We were doing the same thing. And now we're both ground zero of the Twilight Saga. Oh, that. Moving on. <laughs> um. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, and the other the other movies that, as a kid, I loved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Die Hard, you know, the great action uh, films. You know, I watched yeah, Commando 40,000 times, which is not a masterpiece, but... Commando, no. Die, Die, Hard, clear, is, Die Hard is a masterpiece. back. Die Hard Sorry. is John McTiernan's masterpiece. Yes, and His Commando is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Commando. Bleh. It opens with a shot of him feeding a deer. Yeah, feeding feeding a deer and uh, who directed and Commando? Ice cream cone. Um, who did direct Commando? Don't, are you going to send me back to the IMDb? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want to. I want to get this. Credit for Commando. I want to get this. Without. Who directed Cobra? Sylvester Stallone. I don't think that's true. That was a good guess, though. No. Mark Lester. Mark. Mark Lester. Who was? Is, was he the British director? No, that's he didn't do Richard Superman Lester. Du, did he? Okay. Right. Richard Lester is a very good director. He also um, did help. What else did Mark Lester do? Showdown in Little Tokyo, class of 1984, and Firestarter. Firestarter. Wow. Oh. Class of 1984, written by my friend Tom Holland, who wrote and directed the original Fright Night. Um, that is a favorite of yours, is it not? I love Fright Night. I totally do. Um, and he gave good vampire in that movie as well. 
Yes, that is some good vamp. Mark Lester, by the way, is still mostly producing now, producing and executive producing. Let's get him on God, the show. He's just got a, a ton of credits, mostly TV. Um, what were the other movies? Oh, you know, The Good Stuff, Die Hard. and uh, Die Hard, Commando. Terminator and uh, Aliens, really huge. Aliens, a masterpiece. Um, I mean, Alien, obviously big, but for... For the little boy, it was like, you know, that yeah, was... Yeah, it doesn't that get was, any better than Aliens. That was pretty much the best. Um, totally. Had all them action figures, man. The Aliens the action aliens, figures? The Aliens, I still do. Which were shit, weren't they? Were they were total shit, but man... By I, what, Kenner? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was just... That was a horrendous got, toy I line. I got them all. Yeah. I got all that terrible crap, and I probably, like, have them wrapped in tissues in my parents' attic. <laughs> exactly. Acid, acid-free. <laughs> yeah. Linen. Um... Wouldn't that be ironic if an alien action figure was melted with acid? I'll tell you right now, you don't even have to go to eBay to do any research. Those aliens action figures are probably worthless. I'm sure they're worthless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saving them to make money. Exactly. I'm saving them to play with them. Out of love. Exactly. I want to play with them again. So what did you go to school for? Uh, I went to school, f- well, for, uh, for to get an education. Where'd you go to school, Greg? Uh, college. Where, Greg? Yale College. Let's get this right out of the way. Greg yeah. is Greg is the half of the show that it, that is the big Yaley. Oh, and I'm oh, the half of the show Jack. that is the big Saluki, which is to say the one year spent at Southern Illinois University at Carbondale. And for I've those wondering, Saluki is an Egyptian dog. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, so like what would you go to Yale for, Greg? Well, I went to Yale for, uh, I, I got a double PhD. <laughs> um, two at once. Uh huh. Made it happen. Right. Uh, in, uh, economics and, mm-hmm. uh, ethics politics. Horticulture. Ethics politics and economics. Uh, so I actually had, I have two economics PhDs. Right. And then one ethics politics and, yeah, so. Right. Uh, so Why three don't we PhDs. Send you to Washington? What? <laughs> Why don't we send you to Washington? Because I want to make vampire movies, Jack. You can go fix the Federal Reserve. <laughs> I want to make... But what What about Twilight? <laughs> um, What'd you go to school for? What did you major in? <laughs> I, I uh, was an English major. Okay. Yeah. What were you to major in? Oh, did it matter? I was there for a year before they I said... Know, but, but hit the, the bricks. <laughs> um, you know, again, when you're there for a year, it's general studies, but right. I went to... They actually have a, or had at the time anyway, uh, in the mid eighties, a, a decent film program. How do you spell Saluki? S is in Sam, A, L like Lucy. Yes, thank U, you. K is in Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. I. Saluki. S A L U K K I? No, a single K. I, I gave Kevin Smith, uh, the, oh, the oh. props of the second K. That's what we call S-A-L-U-K-I. product placement. S A L U K I. Saluki. Um, Home of the Salukis. Saluki Stadium, y'all. That's where I saw the Thompson twins. Hold me now. What's up? <laughs> yes, you did. did I you? did see the yes. Thompson twins. How many times did I see the Thompson twins in concert in in the mid-80s? I don't know. Three that... fucking times. Oh, my God. Apologies to those of you uh, who don't appreciate an F-bomb. How many times did I see Russian concert in the 80s? Zero. How many times did I see Journey in concert with Steve Perry fronting in the 80s? 
Zero. How many times did I see Foreigner in concert Mm -hmm. uh, with Lou Graham fronting in the 80s? Never. These are the these are the regrets of the days of my life. Oh, you're saying and these are major regrets. I thought that you were saying that you like hated Journey, and that's why you never saw. No, it's like all I did. uh, Honestly, Journey was at the Hollywood Bowl, which is literally five seconds from you two nights ago. With the faux Steve Perry front man, which is which is offensive. Oh, really? They're not with Steve Perry? No, he's he's a Steve Perry sound alike. He's like a Filipino kid who was who was found through a big talent search. Oh, right. and by the way, right. as There's you know, Queen is do, is doing the same thing right now to find a Freddie Mercury alike. Ugh! Such a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. It's so sad and so such wrong. a terrible idea. Um, wouldn't that be great if like Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr <laughs> were looking for two new Beatles? <laughs> Will you be the new John Lennon? <laughs> um, that'd be terrible. Which is not to, to say that, I mean, those other bands hold the candle to the Beatles. Well, in I mean, my book, they do. Journey. Rush. Rush. Hell yeah. The Beatles. Who would I, I'm not kidding, Greg. Who would I rather see in concert at the peak of their success? The Beatles or Rush? R-U-S-H. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> the Beatles. No way. The Beatles rush. We were in London for the recording of the score, Carter Burwell's awesome, awesome score. Uh, you heard it here first. From Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1. It is one, really brilliant. Which was recorded in historic Abbey Road Studios, where the Beatles recorded all of their uh, legendary albums, and mm-hmm. they now own Actually, they don't. It's, they do uh, not own. Yeah, is that, that was, not true? I was mistaken. Uh, I think I'd said that. Who owns Abbey Road? I don't know. I uh, thought George Martin. No, no. no? Uh, huh. This was a, a corrected fallacy. Fallacy. But um, uh, you stood on those stages, Studio yeah, One we were and in studio, studio Two. We were in Studio Two for most of it, and Studio Two is where the Beatles did. Uh, Which is completely, almost it. completely unchanged, down to the clock on the wall. Right, and it smells like like an old musty garage because they've it smells kept like the, the same. It smells you know, like the gym in Hoosiers. It does. Yeah, um, old wood, old musicians yeah. sweating on the <laughs> on the cedar floors. Exactly. Um, it's like a sauna for violin players. <laughs> uh, no, we had an amazing time there, and I, I am a huge Beatles fan. I'm a big musically. What I love is uh, is rock and roll. And I would, I would say that, uh, the rock of the 60s and 70s in, in Britain is really my most favorite. The Who, really? the Kinks, the right. Beatles, the Stones. Right. Um, not Pink Floyd? I'm not as big into Pink Floyd. I certainly like them, but I, they're not in, they're not in the league with, uh, with like the Who for me. Dark Side of the Moon was also recorded in that Studio That was in Studio 2 as two well. as well, right? Great album. Yep. You heard it here. <laughs> Dark Side of the Moon is great. If you haven't yet picked up your copy of Dark Side of the Moon, it's just out, and Greg recommends that you uh, run Hello, right Radio out, Land. <laughs> right out to your record store. <laughs> run out to your local record store and pick up, pick the, up Pink, that the Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon's album. <laughs> um, so back to Yale. You graduated. <laughs> I did. With honors, starring Brendan Fraser and Joe Pesci. I befriended a homeless man. <laughs> <A> tr- and 
<laughs> and he taught me a few things. <laughs> oh, he taught you a thing or two under the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> the, the old New Haven Bridge. <laughs> um, and uh, How long after you were out of Yale did you uh, get on the Trailways bus I took, and go West Young Man to find I your fortune? I took tables for a few months. Uh, in you New what Haven. tables? Took tables. <laughs> Waited tables. You took tables? I took tables. I've never once heard that expression of you, Matt. Really? No. You waited the tables, or the the more contemporary phrase is server. Well, I was no server. No, you weren't. I expect no. you weren't. No. I bust. Oh, you were a busser. You were uh, a busboy. No, and then I, I, I did it all, man. I bust, I hosted, I waited. Huh. And you've never heard I took tables? No. Really? No. Well, I guess it's a regional thing. I just want to connect the idea of you, though, Greg Yolen, as a busboy. I was a busboy. For one listener, I just Garth Franklin. Oh, God, no. Uh, Garth, that's don't, for you. Don't you, Greg don't Yolen you give him any ammunition. Boy. Greg Yolen was a busboy in a little apron and little else. Uh, this Garth is- Franklin, our, our uh, good friend who created, owns, and operates DarkHorizons.com. Do you go to that site, Matt? He's one of the early ones, along with Harry Knowles. I've been going to Garth's site since I was a kid. Since I was like 15, since it started. Australian pioneer. He's a true pioneer. Gap, if Baz- you're out there, we love you, mate. <laughs> it's Baz Luhrmann, Icehouse, Peter Weir, and Garth Franklin. Oh, and George Miller. Uh, what about Midnight Oil? Can we put them in there? Remember beds, that? Beds are burning. Beds are burning. Yeah, that guy, <laughs> I think that guy, wasn't he, didn't he become Peter, prime minister? He, uh, I think he did, yeah. Yeah, I think he became prime minister and then, uh. <laughs> and they, they sent him in his didgeridoo packing. So, Oi! So to speak. <laughs> I may have been in the Midnight Oil. <laughs> to the get ta- this bill done, the time has come to say fair's fair. Fair's fair. That was his. Wasn't that his <laughs> yes. campaign slogan? That was probably their biggest single, anyway. But his campaign slogan too. Um, really? Guy, I'm the time has come to say fair's fair. I, I don't think he was. Oh, I hope so. And did you hear recently that Men Men at Work just lost their the latest uh, court challenge that? What, were they trying I to copyright the, um, the dance or something? The flute riff from Down Under was actually taken from a popular Australian children's song. No kidding. No? No I, one? I don't follow men at work, I guess. I sort of feel I feel compelled to um get to the bottom of that. So Greg, keep going. Um all right. So you took tables for a few months I before you him, got on the trailways bus. I took bus. Him out here to LA. I sold the tables. Right. I made enough money to uh, find a place, and I've been working every angle ever since, all the time. Right. And I'm playing you both right now. (laughs) (laughs) You're playing us like that men at work flute. So, yeah. um, On on October 7, 2011, men at work lost their final court bid to prove they did not steal the distinctive flute riff of their 80s hit Down Under from another of the country's most famous songs, the children's campfire staple. Get ready for this title. Get your pens out. Uh Kookaburra sits in the old gum tree. Sure, of course. 
I'm reading, by the way, from NPR.org. Um, I know that. I so know they, took that, they took that. They took that. They stole that flute riff. And guess what? They're going to have to pay zero because the publishing company that owns Kookaburro waited to file their their first lawsuit two years ago in 2009. Too late to collect for royalties. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway. They were also taken. All of Australia was so taken with men at work. They're still they on tour. They They're somewhere to. in the world. They're going on stage tonight somewhere in the world, and I respect that. Well, no, I'm saying that the, you know, they all just gave them kookaburra sits in the old gum tree. Absolutely. And then they, and then some new hotshot Australian takes over the company and is like, we're going after men at work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's been too long. Exactly. They're mooching off of us like a, a kangaroo. <laughs> like a kookaburra. <laughs> in a pouch. <laughs> Mooching. Matt, is this is this the worst podcast you've ever recorded in your life? Are you sure? Really? We're not at the bottom of the pool? Really? All right. We're at the bottom of the barrel. I feel like We're it. scraping bottom. How are we for time? You can just say it. Oh, you hit the hour mark. We hit the hour mark. All right. I want to... I want to keep talking though. Well, let's keep going for a little bit. I just want I I, wanna, I thought it would be useful I am not to sick of my voice. You are sick of your no, voice? No, I'm not. Have you ever listened to your voice? It's Have you ever given an shrill. interview anywhere? It's very shrill, yeah. Here's the thing, and this is actually a perfect segue. So, why are we here? And the answer is Kevin Smith, who is our neighbor of poof, uh, 10, 11 years now, um, lives down the hill. Every once in a while I go down there with my pail of water. Um, has been after me, me personally, for about a year and a half to do a podcast on his fledgling internet radio station. And I'd always swatted it away. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe six months ago, he caught me on my way to a Runyon Canyon hike with our Carrying the water pail. Missing friend, Eric Odom, who uh, got cold feet and chickened out uh, on joining us for this podcast. I was on my way to meet Eric at Runyon for a hike, and I passed Kevin and Harley uh, getting out of his his, uh, APC (laughs) in front of his house. And he immediately, um, without so much as a good morning, started in on me again about this podcast idea. So I said, um, I will do it. I just, I committed right in the moment. And then he said, basically he said, all right, well, you'll come on the wife's morning show with me and you'll get your feet wet that way. And then, uh, and then you'll start your own show. So I think maybe two or three months passed. I finally went on the morning show, which for again, seven interested parties. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to that, my only previous appearance on uh, smodcast.com. Just go to iTunes and look up plus one per diem. Uh, the date the date of the show was Thursday, July 7, 2011. Um, I went on the show, walked in, sat down, and did it with really very little thought uh, or very little instruction before. Unlike today, <laughs> yeah. where everything has been... Thought and immediately and thrown out, out the too. window. Um, and had a great time. It was super easy with Kevin and Jen. 
Um, I think there we went for, I was just going to go down for an hour and we ended up going for like two hours. And then I came home and listened to the sound of my voice and discovered that I liked it very, very much. (laughs) (laughs) And so will all America, Jack. Well, that's the thing, but I'm just saying to you, it's like, if you've not, like when you have the experience of going back and listening to this, as as weird and wonky as it feels right now recording it, you will derive a certain pleasure from hearing the I sound of your own voice. so disagree with you. Really? I really think this will horrify me and haunt me for the rest of my life. <laughs> or at least until next week. Or at least I hope it, 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 haunts, it, it haunts every everyone who's listened to it for the rest of their life. That's hilarious. Even if I get off scot-free. Um, um, and we are going back on the morning show, the Smodco morning show at... I think on Tuesday. Uh, so you will have your well, own experience m- of uh, they, what it's like. You're you're possibly listening to this after that. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is well, not definitely. Live, for the record, it was live when we recorded it. We are alive. We are alive right now. Um, what if something happens between now and whenever this airs? We don't even know if this is going to go on right after that. The That's Tuesday true. morning show, it, it could be on next Saturday and we could be dead. Well, you could be dead tonight. Take care, everyone. <laughs> it's been great um, uh, chatting with you about movies. So thanks to Kevin Smith um, <laughs> for pushing and pushing and pushing. And um, Greg, you are not on Twitter. Are you going to get on Twitter, Greg? Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go oh, ahead. I'm on Twitter. Go Team Seth wants you very badly to get on Twitter, Greg. I, I'm, I'll tw- I'm, I'm on Twitter. Um, Kevin, actually, I was not on Twitter until the day I went down to Kevin's, uh, to Kevin's morning show and they started getting tweets, uh, asking for my Twitter handle while we were on the air. And Kevin said, you're not, are you on? And I said, I will be on by the time the sun sets. I would have Eric Odom, who's been on and who has 10,000 followers, which is a drop in the bucket compared to Kevin, but still, um, Eric set me up and I, and I, was on Twitter within about six hours. So I think you should accept that the Twitter challenge and you should join Twitter before the sun sets today. This, no? sound, this sounds really biblical. You, you shall join challenge? Twitter before the sun sets. Do you accept the Twitter challenge? I, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to ask permission whether no, or not you can open a Twitter account? No, I, I think I have a Twitter account somewhere. Uh, but I mean, yeah, by the way, I like that you said in a mere six hours, I was on Twitter. It takes like 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it took, uh, it took five hours for you to figure it out and 50 minutes to figure out. Yeah. It's not, you know, getting your feet wet on Twitter and retweets and, you know, um, where to put the period before the, uh, not ampersand. What's the at thing called? Not a hashtag, but hashtagging had to be explained to me as well. The ad thing. The ad thing. To put the period before the ad thing, which some of my tweets. I have no patience for any. If I learn all of that shit, that will push something else valuable out of my brain. (laughs) (laughs) And and you, I'm not. I'm going to hold you responsible once I forget how to drive down the hill here, (laughs) smash into. But you know how to write a hashtag. Well, watch out for hashtag addiction. It's a trade-off. Yeah, I don't know. Um, do you have anything else to say, Greg? No. Or have we come to a natural stopping point? Do you want to keep going? No, I think, 
Are I you hungry? Hopefully, hopefully we've laid out our mission statement. I guess so. And and that's a good place to leave it. So again, thanks to Kevin. Thanks to Matt for coming up Thank here today you, and recording. And he actually has a little uh, tabletop mixer here to make sure that we sound good. I'd and, like to sound uh, Italian if possible. Can what's we, that? You like I, to sound Italian? Yeah, can we do an Italian effect on me? Like pizza pie Italian? Hey, yeah, thanks, everybody. <laughs> Thank <laughs> like you. Sound. Thank you very much. <laughs> you want to sound like Mario? I want to sound like Mario. <laughs> hey, it's just so great. Um, do you have anyone you'd like to thank? Um, Your parents? Only you, Jack. Well, it is true. Only you. Pay homage. I'd uh, like to thank Team Jack for the win, who helped me run my Twitter. You have nothing to say. Well, You're staring I, at me blankly. I, I'm not Eric Bogosian, the ghost of Eric Bogosian. Jack just stopped in mid-sentence air. and then says, oh, you're staring at me. No, I'm just, well, I'm staring at you. Dead <laughs> air. Dead air. Maybe that should be the name of the show. Dead air is not a bad title. <laughs> Team Jack, dead air. What about that? Liars. Or shit show. Although, as I said it's to Greg, we're not going to deliver. Shit show. It's such a great title. Um, the best, one of the best, the best would-be titles that probably will will not be was um, "Hot Garbage," which Odom, which Odom remarked uh, that someone he passed in Runyon Canyon smelled like <laughs> smelled like hot garbage. Doesn't get any better than that. I think we've all been there. <laughs> the morning after. Well. <laughs> No, I meant to Runyon Canyon. <laughs> hot garbage in Runyon yeah, Canyon. Yeah, hot garbage, the whole place. Yeah, so who knows? Well, we'll think of a good title by the next time, hopefully. I guess so, yeah. And um, yeah, Or by Tuesday, thanks for or whenever the show airs. Matt, what else do we need to say? Is that it? All right, whoever's listening to this, thank if you've made it this far. God help you. <laughs> I mean. Honestly. You're pathetic. The ghost of William Shatner implores you to get a life. Exactly. We'll may we'll maybe see you next time. That's it. Cheers. This has been a production of Smodcast Internet Radio.